0: Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Well, hey, I'm going to tease you with a a, a sermon series title uh, that we're going to start starting January 3rd. But this sermon series title is this. It's, it's, It's like this. It goes, wait, what? Can you say that with me? Wait, what? Have you ever had one of those moments where you're kind of like, wait, what? The, the, the crazy moments where you've been told something that was hard to believe, told something that you're like, "Nah, wait, what? I, I, how, how can that be? What, what? Let, let me give you an example. Can you imagine the mom that, that, that was called the Octomom um, when she was told she had eight babies in her womb? Wait, wait, wait what? What? <laughs> Wouldn't that give everybody cause to say something like that? I mean, I would be freaking out. Even the dad had to be going, Ooh, wha- what? Uh, that had to be crazy. Okay, what about this? Um, this would be a long time ago. You hear this in history. Uh, we're going to put 900,000 pounds in the air. We're going to put 900,000 pounds in the air, and it's going to fly across the country, fly around the world, and we can... Wh- wh- wait, what? 900,000 pounds, that's 450 tons of weight that a 747, if it's fully loaded, flies across the sky with. Duck the next time you see a plane, okay? Because that's a lot of weight. That's like a weight. what mem- moment, if you, if you really um, understand that. <clears throat> one of the things that I love to do is study um, anatomy and physiology. And one of the most amazing things is when a baby comes out of the womb and it begins to breathe. There's an amazing process that happens when that baby goes from uh, feeding off the umbilical cord and that baby comes out and then the umbilical cord gets uh, clamped or cut and automatically the body creates these chemicals that makes the the lungs expiate all the amniotic fluid that's in the lungs. It goes out of the lungs, and the lungs become uh, clear enough to begin to breathe. And that all happened because there's some primordial little blob that popped out of a late evolution. That's not true. God designed this unbelievable body of this little baby, and if you think about it, that's a wait, what moment? Wait, wait, wait. The, the baby comes out, and then all of a sudden, it's able to go from liquid to, to air to, wh- what? That's crazy talk, that's crazy stuff, that's amazing, that's miraculous, that's just crazy stuff. I, another a little uh, anatomy thing is the eyeball. Yeah. If you, and I'm weird about this, but if you study the eyeball, the iris, and the lens, and then on the back of your eye, there's these, all these little rods and cones. Little rods and cones. Now, I don't, I mean, if you believe in evolution, these rods and cones had to just kind of happen. That there had to be some kind of chemical connection somewhere to this world or whatever. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible. But these little rods and cones are your retina that receive light. And and when we receive light into our eyes, our brain, through an optical nerve, interprets the light and determines what we see. Come on. Wait, what? (laughs) That's crazy stuff. That's amazing. That's miraculous. There's just incredible things that go on. Can you imagine when someone said, we're going to put a man on the moon? Wait, what? We're going to see color TV. For some of you that, you may be old enough, I I don't remember those days, but um, (laughs) computer capacity, you have in your phone right now more than what used to take up rooms of computer power. Uh, uh, In your phone, and um, and just 50, 60, 70 years uh, ago, they would have been going, wait, what? Carrying a computer around in your pocket? That has the capacity to do more. That, that's just crazy stuff. Can you imagine when Noah heard God say, build an ark? Wait, what? A <laughs> uh, 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 what? An ark? I don't even know what an arky, arky is. You know, I don't, I don't get that. Um, Abraham was told to sacrifice his son, Isaac. W- wait, What? Moses was told to put his staff over the Red Sea and something was going to happen. He had no idea, but he's like, put my staff over the, what? (laughs) That's crazy stuff. Daniel was told not to worry about the lions in the lion's den. Wait, what? Those lions were hungry. I found out that um, pit bulls like Mexican food. I was attacked by six of them. Wait, what? Esther was told to go speak to the king when going and speaking to the king unless you were called upon was a capital crime. She did it anyway. Wait, what? (laughs) Mary, you're going to be the mother of the Son of God. Wait, what? And we'll talk about that in much more depth in just a moment. But God's not done doing wait what moments. God's not done doing and telling us things that are like, ca- that would cause us to go, what? Wait, God, what, what, what are you saying? You want me to do what? You want me to talk to who? You want me to go where? You want me to give what? You want me to spend my time doing what? You got to do that, what? To make that meaningful, okay? Um, and it'll stick. It'll stick. You're going to go home and you're going to go, what? I look in the mirror, and you're going to hear God speak to your heart, and you're going to go, what? Okay? Um, we want that to stick. So the big question today is simply this. What qualifies anyone to receive a, wait, what message from God like the ones I've just mentioned? What qualifies us? What, 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 what makes us uh, able to get that message from God? We, we find some clues in this story of Mary. And I want to talk about this in, in, in brief uh, in, in the next few moments. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Luke chapter 1, whether you're using your Bible or whether you're using your Bible app on your phone. Um, if you don't have the Bible app on your phone, I, don't, uh, I encourage you to get it. Just it, It's the Bible app. It's also called YouVersion. Um, it is a, an incredible app that you can use to access the Bible anytime, anywhere with your phone. You can also listen to the Bible. It has reading plans like, if you're stressed out, you can type in stressed out, and it'll come up with some reading plans for you. If you want joy, there'll be some joy. That want Christmas, there'll be some... Everything you can imagine, there's great Bible plans on there, Bible reading plans, or Bible listening plans, and you can listen to everything that they have on there. And so it's a really, really great Bible app, so I encourage you to use it. All right, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth is... Um, is Mary's aunt. Okay? Elizabeth is Mary's aunt. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Cool. And then the very last passage we'll use is, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. It's a great passage that helps us remember that God's Son came to this planet miraculously. God's Son, Jesus, came to this planet miraculously. So let's go back to the beginning. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, the town of Galilee. Gabriel is an angel that was only mentioned four times in the Bible. He, uh, he helped interpret dreams of the character Daniel in the Old Testament, and then he pronounced both uh, John the Baptist's birth in the New Testament and Jesus' birth to Mary in this in this instance. And so Gabriel... Uh, went to Nazareth now Nazareth is a really interesting thing, and the reason this is important is to understand how humble Jesus was in coming to this planet he didn 't go to some uh, prominent powerful uh, city he didn 't call anybody from these these uh, popular or or rich places or anything he went to nazareth now na- the reason nazareth is such a, an interesting place is because nazareth was in galilee galilee was this central place for gentiles and the jews and the gentiles were kind of mixed together and so they were not kosher or considered to be kosher And he, kosher means that you separate your your your, uh, your uh, goods from anything that was touched by a gentile or anything that was touched by something other than God. It was actually a very racial um, um, thing. But at the same time, kosher was so important that the people of Nazareth and the people of Galilee were considered uh, not good people. In fact, um, you, you read in, in John chapter 1, verse 44, it says, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. They were from a better town. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So he announces that Jesus has come and, and he's from Nazareth. And then Nathanael says this, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And so the, you know, one of the, the, the most important things about interpreting or reading the Bible is letting the Bible interpret itself. And so we find right here that Nazareth was not a cool place. There was, it was considered, if you're from there, you're, you're no good. You're no good. And, and that's, that's the way they looked at Nazareth. But the one, the one thing that's really important here is this. is to understand that to be qualified to receive a, wait, wait what message? Um, you don't have to be from a significant place. Your heritage doesn't qualify you. You, you don't have to be from some popular place. You don't have to come have this positive past or this this great thing. In fact, what, what we have to realize is that none of us have a positive past. We're all born into sin. The Bible's very clear that we have all sinned and sh- fallen short of God's mark, or we've all sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory. And He, uh, we all are in need of forgiveness. No one here is is, is specially gifted that we don't have sin in our lives. No matter where you've come from, no matter what side of the tracks, if you will, you've come from, it doesn't matter. We all need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. And so he says at the end of this passage, he says, "Um, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. It's really, really interesting what this idea of highly favored means. As I began to study this, I I realized that it goes much deeper than going, Hey, God likes you. God really likes you. You're something special. No, what God does here is, what he's saying is, the the word favored is the same word that we use for grace. And it's the same word we use for saving grace. And, And what's really interesting here is that God takes Mary, who's from Nazareth in Galilee, and he favors her. He graces her with promise. He graces her with this, this saving grace. It's not her that becomes qualified because she's lived some special life. It's not her that is sinless and doesn't have any sin in her life. It's her because God has chosen her and gift, gifted her the grace that she needs to give birth to the Son of God. Okay, the same grace that he gave her, he has given you and me. The same grace that he gave her to make her even qualified to give birth to the Son of God is the same grace that you and I have today. To claim in our hearts that we have not been made righteous because of our own actions, but because of God's own actions and because of God's grace. None of us are worthy. None of us are qualified to receive a, wait, what, message. But because of God's grace, we are. We are qualified. Have you ever been told something about yourself that you just couldn't believe about you? And I know your mom has told you that you're just the most wonderful individual on the planet. Okay? At least I hope that's the case. Okay? And your dad should have said that too. Okay. My my grandkids are geniuses. Every one of them are prodigies. There's no other child like them. They're so smart. They're so capable. They're so a- able to do anything. And I tell them that. I said, no one's better than you, honey. You know, and I know I'm 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 not necessarily telling the truth, but hopefully at someday they will believe that, right? I want to speak positivity into their life. I want to speak hope and health into their life. There's there's You know, yes, they are brilliant children, and they can accomplish great things, but they have competition in this world. I get that. All that stuff. But how how often have you been told something about yourself that you didn't want to believe because you didn't, you just felt like, no, I'm not worthy of that. God's telling you even today, like he told Mary, you are highly favored. Why? Because he loves you. He's gracing you. He's died on a cross for you. He wants to give you that grace that puts you in the position of knowing that you are highly favored. You are highly favored. In verse 29, it goes on to say, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Obviously, if you have an angel show up, man, something's going on, right? Yeah, if you have an angel show up, um, there's going to be a a sermon in in the future called When Donkeys Talk. When donkeys start talking, uh, God's doing something, all right? But in this case, it's not a donkey, it's an angel, all right? It's an angel, it's Angel Gabriel. And then the angel says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. God has made you, God has given you the grace for me to be in your presence this morning. Now, isn't it beautiful that when Jesus died on the cross, there was a, 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 a curtain that was ripped and that curtain was intended to keep people out, and the priest could go in behind that curtain. But if, if there was sin in the camp, if there was sin in the priest's camp, he would die if you went on, that, on the other side of that curtain. But when Jesus died, he fulfilled the law. He ripped that curtain, and now all of us have free access to God. That's awesome. Wait, what? Wait. I have access to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Wait, I have, I have access to the God that can speak and the, the universe comes into existence? I have access to the God who can uh, split the seas and forgive the, the the sinner? Yeah, every one of us because Jesus died on a cross and we have the ability to have that favor. And so Mary Mary's being encouraged by the, the angel and saying, don't be afraid. And I think, fear is a good word for any anybody who has an angel show up right yeah, cuz you don't know what's going on there that's that's unusual that's a way what's going on here you know the room gets bright or clouds show up in the room or yeah you know, i don't know what it looks like when an angel shows up have you ever had an angel show up uh, ron no okay i didn't i know a guy named angel yeah you know a guy named angel but that's not the same guy all right Verse 31 goes, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Wait, what? She's a virgin. So that's a wait, what statement right there. Listen to all these wait, what statements. And you are to call him Jesus. Wait, what? Because Jesus means Savior. Jesus means Savior. It's not just a name. It means Savior. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. What? I, I, I'm gonna give birth to the Son of God? What? Wait, what? And it goes on. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wait, what? Jesus is gonna reign forever. My son, the one who I am going to give birth to, is gonna be called Jesus. He's gonna be called the Son of God. He's he's going to uh <clears throat> I'm I'm a virgin, I'm, I'm going to have a baby? That's crazy talk. And that's what's going on here. There's so much theology in this passage that it's, it's, it's really interesting because uh, what, one, we, we find out in this, in this, this is the theology of a pro-life agenda. God is in control of who is born and who should be born. Did you hear that? God's in control of that. If you even go back to Elizabeth, who's Mary's aunt, who isn't supposed to have babies anymore. She's barren, and he gives her the ability to have a baby. There's no such thing as an illegitimate baby. There's no such thing. And we have to keep an understanding that God is in control of all of that. All of that. And we need to trust him in that concept. There's another theological perspective of design, divine sonship. This is God's son. It's really important that we understand that he will be the Messiah, the Savior, the Redeemer of the world. He will be the divine ruler, he will rule all things, and he is going to be uh, um, identified with the Most High, God Himself. That's powerful. Those are all wait what kind of things like can you imagine God coming to you and say you're going to have a son of God. Those are those are moments that you're like I, she had to be reeling from all of this experience and all this information that's coming. Can you imagine Joseph? Now he's a dude. Joseph is a carpenter. He's kind of a rough and tough guy. He's a guy that has already engaged himself. And in the Bible, when you're engaged, you're, you're considered married. You just haven't consummated the marriage. You haven't had the ceremony. You haven't consummated the marriage. So you're still engaged. But in the, in the Bible, in, the, in Jewish times, you were legally bound to each other. And it was likely that Mary had just become a teenager. She's 12, 13, 14. Not uncommon in that culture to be that young and to be betrothed or engaged or legally married to, um, to uh, Joseph. And in order to break any kind of betrothal like that, you had to go through a divorce process. Even if you hadn't consummated the marriage, you had to go through a divorce process to get out of that engagement. And so <clears throat> they have all these wait-what moments. You're going to have the Son of God. You're going to have a baby. You're gonna be the, he's going to be uh, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, and He's going to rule for eternity. That's pretty tough. That's pretty crazy stuff. And then she says this in verse 34. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Now, believe it or not, this is not a play on words. She says, how will this be? Not how can this be? In other words, she's saying in her faith, because she already has a relationship with God. She's saying, just let me know how this is going to happen. She didn't say this can't happen. Somebody already said that, which was Elizabeth's husband, who ended up not being able to speak because he doubted God. She says, How will this happen? How okay? Just explain it to me. How, how's this gonna happen? And and what's gonna happen here? I'm a virgin. I, I okay, all the circumstances need there needs to be a miracle here. How's it gonna happen? And so I think that's a fair question, don't you? This is a wait what moment, like whoa. This is her what? And then the angel answered, which I think is funny. It's like, I'm going to explain a miracle to you. Because miracles we don't get. Miracles we don't understand. But he says this. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Oh, I love that. I love that because there's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that God can't do in this situation, in your situation, in my situation. There's nothing that God can't accomplish, that God can't do to turn up his power in our lives to see something miraculous happen. Yeah, it's a what? It's a, wait, what? Experience? but it's real it's powerful and uh so he says the holy spirit's going to come on you it's going to be a miraculous birth it's going to be a miraculous conception and and uh immaculate conception is what theologians call it and it's god just speaking into her body the ability for her to have the son of god and it's powerful it's powerful and and i just kind of imagine mary going oh okay What is she supposed to do, right? She's just like, oh, okay, I get it. God's gonna just do his thing. And that's what's beautiful, that's what we need, that's the kind of faith that we need in our lives when we hear a, 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 a wait, what moment? Is we gotta get to that point where we're like, oh, okay. I do not understand, but God's gonna make that happen because he said he would make it happen. Let's emphasize this end of this passage in verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Will you you repeat that for me? For no word from God will ever fail. That is truth. If God said it, he will do it. If he said don't worry about your life because he'll take care of you, he will. If he says he'll heal you, he will. If he says go witness to that person, he'll take care. You go obey and he'll take care of the rest of it. Alicia, she's... um, (coughs) A faithful servant of God. She's sitting right here on the front row. Uh, two weeks ago? Or a week ago? Yeah, three? She had somebody come into her store. It was a lady that was hunched over, right? It was one week ago. She was hunched over on a on a, on a walker. And uh, Alicia felt the tug of the Lord to say, go pray for her. And she went and she asked the lady, what's wrong with you? And, and she says, there's an injury in my back. And uh, there's ligaments that have come apart in my back. And uh, therefore, I'm in a lot of pain, and I have to use this walker to get along. And Alicia said, well, uh, let me pray with you. And, um, and so she, she prayed, and she pray, prayed a prayer of faith. And that's all you can do in this situation. Uh, we don't know how to fix backs, right? At least the, you don't know how to fix backs, do you? Okay. And, and so she, she but you can when you know that God prompted you to do something and you do it and then God does the rest. And this lady, she forgot about the pain in her back. And we're still waiting to kind of hear the final results, but the pain in the back, she said, is gone. That's the kind of power God does. That's what he does. He's an amazing God. Now listen, with None of us, so what this has determined is that none of us are qualified. God is the one who graces us. God is the one who graces us to be qualified to do anything. I don't, I'm not qualified in myself, in Ricardo's own ability, to stand here and preach the gospel. I'm not qualified to, to, to believe that we can make a complete difference in our community and reach hundreds if not thousands of people for Jesus. I'm not qualified to believe that or be a part of that. But because God has graced me and called me to be a pastor in this context, we are all going to do that together. Amen? Amen? That's the kind of qualification. And so Mary says the most powerful thing at the very end. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The powerful, most, two things that she said is, number one, I am the Lord's servant. That word servant is actually the word for handmaid, which is in, in uh, the Jewish culture, that was the lowest version of any servant you could possibly find. In other words, she was a slave. She's a complete surrender to God. Complete, like God, whatever you want to do, you own me, I belong to you, and, and, uh, and so she's saying, I am 100% surrendered to you, I am the Lord's servant, slave, whatever you want to call it, I, am, I completely belong to God, that's who gets, with that attitude, those are the people that get the wait, what, kind of message, God isn't going to give it to somebody that's not surrendered. God isn't going to give it to somebody that isn't willing to to go the extra mile, to believe for the impossible. God isn't going to give it to the people that that are going, oh, I'm in control of this thing. I got all this together. I'm all that, and I'm all this, and and I don't need God. God isn't going to give you that wait-what moment. It's all on you. But God wants to continue to do wait-what things. And so he's looking for that person that's willing to say, I am the Lord's handmaid. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's slave. I'm completely abandoned to God. And he has everything that I am. And then she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. Have your way, God. Have your way. No one here is qualified. No one has the ability to do the wait what thing. But all of us, if we will just surrender our hearts, God will do, wait, what, things in our lives. He, as, if we, as we say, may it be it to you, God, as you have said, do what you want with me. And he will begin to give you messages, and it will challenge us, It will push us to the limits of our faith. It'll push us into prayer, which is a good thing. It'll push us into places where we're like going, oh, I don't know how this is going to work. Oh, I'm scared. I'm nervous. Oh, no, what's going to happen? And then it happens because we're obedient and we walk in that obedience. And when we do, God does amazing, amazing things. Have you received the grace? Do you know that you are highly favored because of what Jesus has done on the cross? Do you know that he has gifted you and given you the ability, not in your own power, but in his, to accomplish amazing things beyond your imagination, beyond your, your understanding? It's not, a, it's not up to us. It's not up to our understanding. It's up to him. Mother Teresa. <clears throat> Mother Teresa was declared a saint. Um, <clears throat> she's called Saint Teresa of Calcutta by Pope Francis, 19 years after her death. It is often called the angel of mercy, she was called, and and for good reason. A missionary and a Roman Catholic nun who led a life marked by kindness and charity. She is what most of us think of when the word saint is mentioned, which I I, I have no issue with that. St. Teresa, over the course of her life, opened homes dedicated to caring for the dying, homes for those suffering from leprosy, and havens for orphans and homeless youth. It wasn't long before her organization began to attract donations and volunteers. And by the 1960s, the missionaries of charity had opened orphanages and care facilities throughout India. Today, the charitable organization is stronger than ever, with branches all over the globe operating over 600 missions, schools, and shelters. Now listen to this next statement. St. Teresa often said of herself, By faith, I am a Catholic nun." As to my calling, I belong to the world. As to my heart, I belong entirely to the heart of Jesus. Wow. I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that says, God, whatever you want to do with me, just do it, because I'm your servant. I'm your handmaid. I'm fully and totally surrendered to you. I hope that you want to be that individual that wants to, to make a difference in this world and have this eagerness to say, God, however, whenever, whatever, whoever, just use me, please. Just be, let me be like Mary in some way, shape, or fashion. You and I don't ever need to worry about carrying the Son of God into this world. But we do need to worry about representing Him in this world. And by saying yes to God and saying yes to Jesus, we can be that individual. The big question that we talked about at the very beginning was, what qualifies anyone to receive a, wait, what, moment or message from God like the one we heard about Mary? None of, nothing qualifies us for that except a willing heart and a humility to say, God, I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of my sin. I accept the work that you did on the cross, and because of that work, I am willing to become a handmaid, a servant, a slave to you and to anything you want me to do. Maybe God's just giving you the heartbeat right now to know what server you're going to give a card to. And you know that you're going to pray over that card, and you're going to say, God, make a difference in this server's life. There's an invitation to church here, by the way. But God, just put it on their heart to to come to Journey Church. Put it on their heart to go to find any good Christian church, whatever the case may be. But God, we pray that you would use this gift as a message of love and grace to whoever. And maybe you don't see it happening. Maybe you know that server, and you're like, there's no way this person's going to come to Jesus. Oh, yes, they can. There's nothing impossible with God. In fact, I encourage you to find that person that you don't think it can happen to and give them that tip. Because I, well, I believe God is able to do far more than we could ever imagine or think. Are we living the highly favored life? Are we living that life that says, God, use me, do whatever you want in me? You don't have to be the perfect person, just the willing person. God takes care of the rest. Surrender. Are we asking God, How will you do this rather than, God? I don't see how you can do this. God, how will you? How will you reach my my friend for Christ? How will you reach this server for Christ? How will you make a difference in this circumstance, in this life circumstance? How will you? God desires to include us in the wait what moments. And right now, I just want you to pray with me. God, we just come to you right now and we completely surrender our lives. We want to be like Mary, Lord. We realize Jesus has already come to this world and he's already died on a cross and he's already risen from the dead and he already sits at the right hand of the Father and he's he's ruling and reigning in life and so we thank you for that and we accept his forgiveness in our lives right now. In fact, if you're here today and you've not yet asked for that forgiveness, will you just do that right now and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and he promises that when we confess our sins, he takes them away and they no longer are there, they no longer count against you, and you have the promise of eternal life, and if we will believe that he was raised from the dead, then we will spend eternity with Jesus, and God, from that point on, we just completely surrender. We want to be your handmaid, your servant, your slave, whatever the term is that, that, that we need to use to let you know that we're completely surrendered to you. We want that, wait, what, moment and message to come to our hearts so we can make a difference in this world I believe God that you have created Christmas to remind us that there are miracles that happened then and there are miracles that can happen now and I pray that that would happen in our lives right now in every circumstance in every situation may your Holy Spirit move and move us God to a place where we are ready to surrender to you I thank you and I praise you for that